Maybe it's phone tag. Maybe it's a very serious and consequential game of telephone. Or maybe we should just call it speakerphone. The race for the gavel is now on in full force since Kevin McCarthy is out. And we've just learned that one of the two top candidates to emerge is staying in D.C. this weekend to work the phones. We're told Jim Jordan is staying in Washington over the weekend. He's trying to lock down support to win over the gavel. But if either of these men, Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise, are expect to win, they're going to have to do what seems almost impossible right now, which is to unite the divided Republican conference and reach 218 votes in support and do it possibly in less than 15 rounds this time. CNN's Manu Raju joins us from Capitol Hill this morning. Manu, how is the next speaker going to be able to pull off the impossible? Yeah, it's really you know, a great question, Kate, because we don't quite know whether either of these candidates can get to 218 votes to be elected speaker and be able to bridge the very, very bitterly divided Republican conference. The emotions are still raw. A lot of Kevin McCarthy's allies are seeking a retribution against those eight Republicans, including namely Matt Gates, who led the charge to push him out of the speakership, pushing for everything from expelling Matt Gates, potentially stripping committee assignments, warnings of threatening up fundraising for some of those key members who are running for re-election. Congresswoman Nancy Mace is facing a threat of potentially losing some key fundraising from Republicans who are close to Kevin McCarthy. We'll see ultimately how that plays out. But both Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, as they are making their pitch to members, are trying to contend that they are the ones that who can bring the, the party together. But it's unclear exactly how they will be able to do that. In talking to a number of members, including one congressman from, uh, from Ohio, he made very clear to me that he believes all this chaos could undermine their ability to take back the House, and in particular, is concerned about the role of Congressman Matt Gates, open to the possibility of expelling him from the Republican conference. I'm going to stand here and tell you by the actions that have taken place this week, I'm not hopeful to keep the majority. I'm not hopeful to win back the Senate. You know, I spoke to President Trump three times yesterday, and I explained to him that there could be a coalition government that would happen. And throughout that process, you know what we would lose in the House of Representatives? What did Trump say when you told him all this stuff? He's incredibly upset. This is where I love to get to my point, Manu, about Matt Gates using the MAGA cloak to go ahead and to post content on Twitter with no context to make it seem as if he has President Trump's support. And he paints it in the most broad strokes possible. That's why he's so good at what he does, is because he's a BS artist. And that just shows you, just echoes a lot of Republican concerns and criticism directed towards Matt Gates. But the problem confronting the next speaker and those two speaker candidates is that they need to get the votes from the members on the far right, like Matt Gates and the other seven Republicans who voted to oust Kevin McCarthy, as well as those more moderate members who are concerned about the tactics of the people who pushed out Congressman Gates, including calling for changing the rule to oust a sitting speaker, something that is dividing the conference at this moment. So, Kate, so many issues that these two have to work towards as they look for a speaker's vote as early as the middle of next week. But can they get there, get the votes? Still a major question. Okay. Good luck to everyone. Manu, thank you so much. John? Did you just call dialing for support speakerphone? I did not come up with it. Our floor director. All right, that is genius. Thanks. With me now, who no doubt has been the recipient of some speakerphone, is Congressman Dusty Johnson from South Dakota. Congressman, thank you very much for being with us. Let me just lay it out there, cut to the chase. Who are you with in the speaker battle? 
Oh, I'm not with anybody yet. I think that we've got a lot of questions we need these candidates to answer. Uh, in part because if we don't change the foundational problems within our conference, it's just going to be the same stupid clown car with a different driver. And, uh, you know, Max Miller had mentioned Matt Gates earlier uh, in, in Manu's report. I'm glad he did, because the reality is uh, if Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise can't figure out how to deal with that uh, saboteur, we're just going to have another blow up, you know, whether it's two weeks or six weeks or eight weeks. You know, Matt Gates and those hardliners, they're a real problem. And I don't think the pyromaniacs uh, are going to be satisfied after they've burned down one house. I think they're going to have an itching to go burn down a couple more. So just to be clear, you just called them pyromaniacs and saboteurs. Did I have that right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I probably could have chosen my words a little more carefully, but it, it's not time for polite talk. You know, we got a southern border that's in crisis. We're $33 trillion in debt. And these guys, chaos artists, decided that we needed to take a couple of weeks off from governing the country. They've been playing silly DC parlor games about leadership rather than having us actually get things done. And because they crave the attention, because they crave the chaos, it doesn't end here. Uh, we've got some real work to do if we're going to be a big boy, big girl, grown up party to govern the House. So that is one wing of this caucus, this clown car caucus that you, you just described. Those were your words also. <laughs> the other side of that, I'm sorry, I, you're just, I, I can see why I can see why on Thursday of this week you do have so much emotion about it. I'm not trying to demean it at all. I fully understand it. But that's one side of the conference. The other side are the moderates, for whom largely gave you the majority in some ways in this Congress. Punchbowl put it this way when it comes to Jim Jordan and trying to appeal to those moderates. Punchbowl wrote, we can't tell you how many moderates say they simply can't vote for Jordan. He's easily demonizable and often just dishes out pro-Trump talking points. While that might play back home in Red Ohio, it doesn't fly in swing districts. What do you think about that? I think that's been overreported. Uh, Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise are both uh, very capable leaders. I think the way that Jim Jordan talks about issues is more nuanced than uh, that one report would have one believe. And I'm, I'm not a moderate. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty right of center, but I talk to plenty of moderates because I try to talk to everybody uh, in our conference and in the House. And I would say to the extent that there was any of that opposition to Jim Jordan nine months ago, it, it has absolutely softened. I do want to ask you uh, about something and I very do want much. To mention, Go ahead. You talk Go ahead. about the eight hardliners being a wing of the conference. Let's keep in mind, I mean, 96% of the conference voted to keep Kevin McCarthy. Now, I don't know what the definition of a wing is, but 4% is a pretty tiny wing. Understood. Uh, this morning, we're just getting word that 48 Ukrainians have been killed. We've got some video of the aftermath here. This is a Russian missile strike in Kupiansk. I believe it was on a grocery store. Uh, you can see it right now, 49 people killed. Kupiansk, this is a grocery store there. Presumably these are civilians, innocent people, Ukrainians. Jim Jordan, when asked by Armani Raju yesterday, are you willing to move forward with an aid package for Ukraine if you're speaker? Jordan, I'm against that. The Ukrainians being killed by this missile strike, Jim Jordan says he's against an aid package for him. You've been supportive of, of aid to Ukraine. What's your reaction? 
I don't agree with any other member of Congress on everything, and I think Jim Jordan's answer was not as uh, nuanced as we need it to be right now. I don't know when Republicans quit being interested in uh, killing communists. <laughs> I mean, Vladimir Putin is a thug. This is an illegal war. Of course, I don't want American servicemen uh, and women dying in Ukrainian battlefields. But in the same way that our country gave the United Kingdom ammunition and supplies to hold the line against the Nazis, we should be willing to provide some supplies to Ukraine to hold the line uh, against uh, Russia. Now, that, that, that should not be a blank check, and we do need more accountability. And, you know, that's going to be one of the things that I, I've talked to Jim, uh, obviously, uh, in the last couple of days. I'm going to continue to talk to him. I think both Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan are going to need to understand that there's a way that we can make these investments in a way that keeps the strategic end in sight while also pushing toward more accountability. Um, we're just getting word that the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, says he's going to do whatever he can to help Republicans choose a speaker. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. Um, what would you like to hear from the former <laughs> president in terms of this speaker race? I think this is a decision that's really got to be made by the 221 people in the House. Uh, you know, so often, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing any particular reporter, but I would say that, uh, you know, citizens back home, uh, they only know these two gentlemen, these two leaders, through how, uh, how it's been reported. Uh, they haven't actually been in the rooms where these guys have had to make difficult decisions and then execute on them successfully. And so rather than, you know, turn into somebody uh, outside our conference, I think we as a conference really need to come together and figure out how do we make sure that we're in a position to drive toward more prosperity and more freedom. There are plenty of folks uh, in the Senate and the House that uh, have very different political views than I do, so I'd like to make sure that my side has our act together. Uh, Congressman, I gotta let you run here, but have you heard from either Congressman Jordan or, or Leader Scalise in the last 24 hours? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had uh, lengthy conversations with them both. Uh, I'm going to be talking to them both again uh, in the next 24 hours, I'm sure. I, I'm the chairman of the 75-member the Republican Main Street Caucus. We're the pragmatic conservatives on the Hill. And we're certainly going to be a voting block that, uh, or a group that is going to be uh, very involved in this race. Well, keep your phone close by uh, over the weekend. Congressman Dusty Johnson, I really do appreciate you being with us, having this frank discussion with us this morning. Please come back next week and tell us where things stand. Be well. I'm happy to do so.